Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. I am your host, Scott Hansen, and the taping of this podcast, it's 2020, January, and I hope you're off to an amazing start. And one real, real quick coaching tip um, for you before we bring on our amazing, esteemed guest is remember this statement. You cannot show up the same person and expect the same results or even different results. For example, whatever you did in revenue and growth and profitability in money, et cetera, in 2019, if you want to, you know, one and a half times that, five and a half times that, double that, whatever it is that you want, you cannot be the same person in 2020 as you were in 2019. So spend some time, continue listening here to the Success Hackers podcast, grow your mind, grow yourself, grow your wealth. And I always say that your net worth will never outpace your self-worth. So whatever you feel you think is possible, um, you need to grow that so that make 2020 the best financial year of your life. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to speak to someone who has been able to build a business, grow the business, and now run a super successful company. Today, our featured guest is Jen Kenning. Jen, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock. Jennifer Kenning co-founded Align Impact in 2014 on the conviction that we need to align the wealth management process with our values to optimize our financial system. And to do this, we needed to get all of the actors across the financial spectrum working together to improve these outcomes. Align works alongside financial advisors, institutions, foundations, and directly advises individual clients and their family offices, all in the service of integrating impact investments into the broader wealth management strategy. Into the broader wealth management strategy. In 2017, Jennifer was selected as one of the 16 innovators as part of the Investment News Icons and Innovators feature for 2017. Jennifer was also named 40 Under 40 for Investment News just a few years ago and a finalist for Rising Star for Family Wealth Report and also selected for Private Asset Management's 50 Most Influential Women in Private Wealth again just a few years ago. Jen, welcome to Success Hackers. It is really great to have you on the show. It's great to be on the show, Scott. Thanks for having me. I want to uh, I want to hop right into this because I think you know knowing you and knowing your business outside of the podcast, um, I, I absolutely think that it's necessary. I believe it's massively impactful for the community and for the world. But uh, I would do it an injustice if I explained it the way you can. So just briefly explain a little bit more about your business. So Align Impact was built to really address the most crucial problems that we're facing globally, both socially and environmentally. And our method to that is really helping investors, donors, or philanthropists, institutions, companies, consumers, and really any individual figure out what levers they have and allow them to activate those levers, whether it be where they bank, what they consume, how they invest their 401k, how they invest their other assets, and really how they align their human capital and talent 
towards creating a more just world that works for all 7.8 billion people. Mm -hmm. We are an intermediary impact investment advisory firm that works with individuals, families, foundations, and institutions to drive capital, both in the philanthropic perspective, as well as in the investment arena, to create solutions to some of the biggest problems that we're trying to tackle globally. Mm -hmm. So what's maybe one example, one one example of who you've helped or who you're helping now? Like what's when you, when... When someone's listening right now, they say, man, that's, that's, there's a lot there to unpack. Can you maybe describe a, an existing client or someone that you've worked with in the past that really fits the sweet spot for a line? Sure. And then I'd also like to kind of expand on that and really touch the broader audience because mm-hmm. I believe that we are all impact investors, that every investment we make has an impact, whether positive or negative, and that we all can play a part in this movement. It's not just for the wealthy. Um, Our sweet spot in terms of ideal client or clients that we serve today is really around multi-generational families who have more wealth than they're ever going to consume or another way of saying is spend. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have a drive to do something pretty meaningful in the world. Um, And we help them, one, identify their why why do they want to take on, for example, education in the United States? Um, and then how are they going to do it, right? Are they focused on teacher curriculum? Are they focused on the structure of education, alternatives to education, early childhood education, vocational training, student financing? And then what are they going to do, right? So really defining your why, your how, your what, and continuing to evolve the lev- the levers that you have in order to be able to do that. So where do you bank? What do you consume? Um, and really taking their investments and having their investments be aligned with their values and then ultimately that why that they've distinguished. Um, usually our clients have multiple entities, so they may have a living trust, a retirement account, and a foundation or a donor advised fund. And each of those entities has a different objective. Um, it has a different objective in terms of what it's trying to accomplish from an investment perspective. It has a different level of risk that it's willing to take on to meet that objective. And ultimately it's gonna have different underlying investments that meet both the appetite for risk as well as the investment that they're looking to uh, make to further their endeavor. So you talked about this this super, super duper successful family, multi-generational family has uh, multi-generational wealth. They want to they really have a, a say in the educational system. Or an example might be someone wants to help in the educational system in Nairobi, right? Or whatever, whatever the, the ultimately, as you say, the why is. Do you guys as a firm, do you have contacts in Nairobi in the education system? Do you have contacts here do you have con- if they want to do you know if they want to build water if they want to build wells in uh you know south africa like do you have the knowledge and the um, um relationships to put them in touch with these folks or is it are you helping them from a financial growth perspective to say we're going to help you grow your your assets even more than it is now oh and by the way have you thought about education? Have you thought about the wells? Have you thought about that? Is that, help me understand that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. 
Um, and the answer is really twofold. One is we all new clients go through a strategy design phase. I like to say that you would never build a house without building the architectural plan first. Mm -hmm. um, and I often think philanthropists especially tend to go into philanthropy with, I really want to do X. And so therefore I'm going to do Y. I really want to transform the educational system. So I'm going to start with what's broken about the educational system, whether it's in the United States or globally. And the reality is you have to actually look at your underlying issue areas and then start to see not only what am I trying to do in each of the issue areas, but also how do they relate to each other? So for example, your example around, do we have context in Nairobi? If we identify that someone wants to take on access to education for women and girls in East Africa, mm -hmm. let's just say that's their why, we're going to start to build out a portfolio of philanthropic grantees as well as impact investments to cater to meeting that objective. And we're going to give them opportunities that we've already vetted as well as go find new opportunities. And we do have partners on the ground, yes, in Nairobi and other places across the globe, or we're going to go seek an expert in that area of focus and partner with them. I'm mm. a huge believer in collaboration. I believe the only way we meet the sustainable development goals set by the UN, which were 17 goals set in 2015 to be accomplished between 2016 and 2030, is if we start collaborating and we use all the different pieces of the equation that we have from business to philanthropy to investments to policy, actually as a force for good. And what that requires is if somebody is in the West, so if I'm sitting in New York City, I need to be able to have a partner on the ground in Nairobi, Kenya, to be able to execute, to really understand what's the landscape in Nairobi, Kenya, and how do we move, let's say, women and girls from where they traditionally drop out in primary school, second, third, fourth grade, mm -hmm. how do we get them to complete uh, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, and actually move them forward to break the cycle of poverty? How much does the political landscape play into your world? Um, it plays in in some sense. Um, you definitely have to be aware of it. You have to look at investment opportunities and philanthropic opportunities with what is the current governance structure look like? Mm -hmm. What might a future governance structure look like? Especially in the United States, we have certain things that we have to be mindful of that if you know, a low income housing tax credit went away, would that investment still be the same type of investment? And so we have to take into account policy and government. Um, and we also need to be mindful that certain periods of time or certain jurisdictions have much more volatile governments and that we have to be mindful of that when we make an investment or a grant a grant opportunity and we also need to factor in that currencies could be devalued governments could be overthrown and we've got to be able to weather those different um time periods to be able to move forward towards a complete realization of the investment um but that's no different than in the traditional investing world we have right. the same kind of economics we have seen macro and micro cycles we have same governance issues we've got regulation that we have to really be mindful of and just factor in when we're doing our analysis of whether this is a good investment opportunity or not. You shared with us kind of the sweet spot or who you've been able to help in the past. And you mentioned, you know, families that have all this wealth and more wealth that they frankly know what to do with or frankly that they couldn't spend. But let's bring it down to maybe a, a little bit of a different level, maybe across the broader spectrum. How can someone become or be mindful 
of impact investing? How can someone today, you know, I don't know if there's a certain dollar value that they have to have in themselves or in their business in order to start thinking about impact investing or take us Take us briefly through, you know, who this can also apply to. Yeah, so um, I'm going to give you three examples. Um, I like to do things in threes. I guess Bill Gates does as well, so I guess I'm in good company <laughs> in that stance. Uh, first is where where does our money sleep at night? Where do we bank? If you're an environmentalist and you deeply care about the environment, you're driving a hybrid or an electric car, you're recycling and composting, uh, you carry a reusable water bottle, you might want to consider where you're banking because some of the largest banks and institutions are still investing in coal and oil and gas and other things that are super intensive on the environment where you may have other options as credit unions, local banks, hmm. smaller banks or banks that score higher from an environmental standpoint. And you might want to consider that that has more of an impact than the reusable water bottle that you're carrying day in and day out. Mm -hmm. If you are an employee or you are an employer and you run a 401k or retirement plan option, you want to look to see what do you offer or what is being offered to you in terms of what you can invest in. There are lots of great options in the investment arena around environmental, social and governance uh, metrics that allow you to invest in not only mutual funds or fixed income or other companies that are more aligned with your values. So actually looking at what are the options in your retirement plan and looking to see how can I align those options more with my values. And then lastly, I want to really focus this one on entrepreneurs, um, which I imagine a lot of people listening in mm -hmm. are entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or business owners, yep. is you can actually look to see kind of how do you operate your business? You could be look to be a B Corp um, and actually go through the B Corp certification program and look to see kind of how do you interact with your suppliers? Where do you bank? How do you treat your employees? Um, and you can start to say, you know, my business is more than just the bottom line and profits. I like to say now it's quadruple bottom line, right? It's profits, people, planet, and purpose. Mm. Right. And how do I look at my business from those four angles and how do I start to integrate the various stakeholders so that business is actually for uh, a force for good beyond just me? I love it. What was that? People, people, profit, planet, planet and, yeah. and purpose, people, profit, profit planet, planet and purpose. And purpose. So now that we we have a, a better understanding of who Align is and what impact investing is and frankly, how it can apply, frankly, to anybody uh, of the folks that you just uh, that you just mentioned. As the CEO of, of Align, what are some of the areas or some of the things that you focus on most in order to grow a business? And that can be, you know, that could be business development, it could be marketing, it could be personnel, it could be just, you know, vision, it could be. There's other obviously business owners, and I think that this this really parlays into not only CEOs that are listening, but also business owners, because I know you're frankly a business owner slash entrepreneur as well. Um, so this is they're going to get a lot of value from what you, you're about to share. Yeah, again, I like to do things in three. So I'll, I'll touch on three different things. One is vision. You have to have a clear vision of what you're trying to do and where you are and where you are in the macro sense. Um, we're trying to move trillions of dollars, transform the financial services industry and make the world work for 7.8 billion people mm. without compromising the planet. 
some could listen to that and say that sounds really daunting and exhausting. Um, I look at that and say that's the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. How do you actually figure out how to do that? And it's going to take a decade or two to do it, right? And so the vision is really clear. Mm -hmm. And when I get stuck, when I get tired, and I do get tired, right? And I do work long hours and I'm like, God, this should be easier than it is. I'm always reminded of the person that lives on less than $2 a day that climbs up a mountain mm. with a child or on the front and maybe a child on the back with water on her head, trying to make that $2 a day. And what if the investment opportunity or the philanthropic donation is actually the key to that person's success? Mm. I really do believe that all boats will rise um, if given the equal opportunity um, and that we owe it to society to do that, right? So that's in the vision, right? And that the vision drives me. Uh, two, my people are the most important people in the organization. Um, people often say their clients or their customers are most important. I actually believe it's your team. It takes a village. It's the yeah. people that you surround yourself with. I think the biggest mistake we as entrepreneurs make, and I include myself very much in that, is a hiring mistake, right? Mm. Is that person cut from your culture? Are they in the right seat? Is it the right fit? So for me, it's really take the time to find the right people, make sure they're cut from your cloth, make sure their values are aligned with your values, and then empower them to go out and really do what they do best. And then third, is, is that as a leader, I have to constantly be growing and developing myself, right? If we're gonna transform the financial services industry and how we invest capital, then I actually have to constantly be transforming myself as well. Um, and so as a leader, it's both growth professionally and personally and really being willing to hire an executive coach like yourself, go to trainings, read books, look work with other entrepreneurs engage you've got to be a constant learner in today's mm -hmm. society to constantly innovate and evolve mm. which i love and i and, and it brings me really to to a, a large portion of why our listeners listen to the show it's because these folks it's it's one thing to talk about you know esoteric things or, or events or whatever that they could or should be doing but then i want to put it what i call back on the court so our listeners really listen to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them grow themselves. And you just touched on a few, but I, I really want to shine what I call shine the success hack spotlight on you, Jen. So what's maybe one success hack that you can share with our listeners? Could it be around, could be around growth, could be around team, could be around vision, could be around whatever, whatever it is that you want to share. What's one thing that they can take, take back to their, their place of business uh, right after the show and start implementing? Be willing to fail. Hmm. Pit, and when you're going to fail, when you know you're like, hey, this doesn't seem to be working, let's pivot. Be open to the pivot because I have found that my business grows a lot more when I actually just embrace the failure and the pivot and really see that there could be another opportunity that usually as an entrepreneur, we're kind of stuck on the way we thought it was going to go rather than the way it actually goes. So my, my success hack would be fail often, fail fast and pivot immediately. Um, and usually trust your intuition in that process. I am so glad that you brought that up. This was this is the easiest transition to the next question I've had over 144 guests, which is the fail forward stage. So can you get vulnerable with us for a minute? Uh, absolutely. 
So I believe that all high performers and successful individuals maybe look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They use failure as what I call feedback and course correction. Take us to a time when you failed and maybe you almost wanted to give up, but you actually used that one failure as fuel for your success fire. Yeah, so when I first uh, created Align with my co-founders, the way we designed the company just wasn't the right model. Even though five years ago, I really was convinced that it was the right model. I think I was dead set for like 18 to 24 months. Hmm. It's like, no, this is the right model. I'm insistent. I know it is. And it wasn't until I was really willing to say like, wow, the the clients aren't buying this. The advisors aren't sold into us being their co-pilot. Why is that? And it really required us to completely scrap the original way we set out to build the firm. So two and a half years into building the firm, we completely had to restructure the firm. Um, and it was really challenging. We had to restructure it not only about the people that we had, but the legal structure, the investors, our messaging. Um, and I really had to take a strong look to say, um, I could look at this as a failure. I could look at this as an opportunity for this is the next stage of where we're going. And this is an opportunity to say what I thought would sell doesn't sell mm. um, because it's too complicated and that it needs to be more simplified and clear and transparent um, and that I had to pivot quickly. So I would mm. just say the way I came out of the gates and the way we operate today are very, very different. And I would say in the first two years, it was a complete failure from where I thought it would be. Um, and today, two, three years later from that, it's a completely different company. Hacker Nation, what John just shared is such gold because we all go through our, our moments, right? Not everybody goes from, from some zero to hero in business and we all get punched and knocked down. And, and I think it's such a valuable piece of advice, which is fail forward, fail often, but learn from it. And then be willing to be open, be willing to say, okay, well, I can only bang my head up against this brick wall so much. Maybe there's a door. <laughs> Maybe I can walk through the door over here. Maybe there is a different path to take. And if the marketplace, if the market, the marketplace is your best test bed, right? If the marketplace isn't buying what you're selling, you can continue to be stat, you continue to be insistent that this is the way and this is the product. Or like Jen said, you can actually pivot reevaluate and then um, and then bring something to the market that's maybe already there but you've clarified your messaging so that people understand more what it is that you bring to the table would you agree John yeah absolutely all right Jen well we are now entering the randomness round but before we do let's take one quick moment to learn something absolutely brand new for our success hackers listeners only having worked with hundreds of small business owners I can tell you that the biggest and the most common problem facing most small business owners is consistently generating new business, new customers, and obviously new clients. Imagine for one second, Hacker Nation, if you could have prospects actually knocking on your door, wanting your products or services. Would that alleviate some stress? Of course it would, right? So I partnered up with the folks at Comrade Digital. They are an internet marketing ad agency that helps small business owners get a steady flow of leads month after month after month. They have a brand new program called the Business Growth Blueprint that absolutely you want to take advantage of. So here's the deal. They normally charge $2,500 for this service. So I asked if they can waive the fee for just a handful of my listeners and they absolutely agree for free. So here's the catch. There's only five that they can give out. So here's what I want you to do now. Go to, if this makes sense, if you're a business owner 
and you're sick and tired of having to worry about leads on a consistent basis, go to this website, comradeweb.com. That's C-O-M-R-A-D-E-Web.com. Comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. Comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. When you do, and if you qualify free of charge again on your business growth blueprint, this is what they're going to give you. How much demand is there actually for your services and your products online in your marketplace? They're actually going to do a deep dive for you. They're also going to teach you how to attract more clients to your business online and most importantly, how to convert them into paying customers. So again, be one of the first five. Head to comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. Okay, Jen, we are back and about to enter the randomness round. The randomness round is kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. So whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So Jen, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready, Scott. Best advice you've ever received? You go wherever you go. So if you're running from yourself, know that you're going to be going with yourself wherever you're going next. What is a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Uh, I'm an avid meditator. I meditate at least twice a day, and I think it's really been key to me being able to remain calm even when I have a lot coming at me. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self give your 25-year-old self? While you're climbing the corporate ladder or building something in your 20s, it's also the most pivotal time for you to learn and grow as a human being um, and that to enjoy the ride. Uh, I think I kind of was so laser focused that I missed kind of enjoying the experience or the the ride versus trying to get to some destination, some title, mm. some amount of money, some material possession or some fame. When, and I really do believe now in my 40s that it is the process and the journey we go to get there that is just as important as the destination. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed to your success? I would say both discipline and perseverance, and they're kind of the same. Okay. Um, and I was a you know swimmer growing up, and I just think my discipline around sticking to things has really helped me in my success. What is a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I, w I don't know if I call this a talent, but most people don't know that I have a really good memory. Um, I tend to remember dates and things, and that proves well in the finance industry because I can see a number once, and I don't really forget it. Um, so it allows me to uh, really do well at what I do. What is one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Uh, that's a great question. I am an avid reader, and I'm not sure there's one book per se. I would say the book that came to mind right away when you asked the question is uh, Workplace Appreciation. Um, it's basically love languages in the workplace. Hmm. Um, I think it's really important to appreciate and reward your people um, in the way they want to be rewarded to be able to empower them and really get them to operate and hum on all cylinders. And that was really uh, influential, both in my professional life as well as in my personal life. If you can recommend one social media tool or an overall service that you use in your business that's made an impact on your business, what would that be? That's a harder one for me to answer, but I'll go with uh, amusing Spark email. 
mm-hmm. which really sorts your emails and really has it be that you can get to inbox zero hmm. um, and really start to decipher what's important from what's not important. Um, and so using AI technology to start to really manage the things that aren't going to contribute to growth per se, but we have to do in our day-to-day business. Well, Jen, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your time and also these incredible success hacks with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you, your business, or anything else that you'd like to share? You can go to uh, Align Impact's website, www.alignimpact.com. And on that, you can also find media and other things we've written on, on our media page. Um, And I encourage you to do so. We've got a piece on there around how to define your values and how to start your impact journey. Um, And you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Align Impact, or you can find us on LinkedIn as well. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Jen, along with some other really cool resources that we have on the site. And also on the site under Jen's, uh, Jen's profile and Jen's show, um, we will have all the links that we talked about, uh, everything that Jen shared, the books, the, um, the email that she just mentioned, etc., will all be under, uh, under Jen Kenning. And also remember, if you want to be one of those first five, and again, you're sick and tired of looking for leads all the time and freaked out and, and, and worried about where is the next lead going to come from, if you want to be one of the first five, head over to ComradeWeb, C-O-M-R-A-D-E, ComradeWeb.com forward slash success dot hackers for your free blueprint and assessment of your business. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Go out and live with passion.